0: The United States has struggled with social issues all of its history. It was first settled because religious persecution caused a small group of people to flee to the New World. The US became a political reality because of the political oppression inflicted upon it by Britain. It endured a civil war because of a social issue that could not be dealt with in any other way, the evil of slavery. These were dramatic and traumatic historic events However, in our time, a similarly divisive issue seems to divide the nation into two irreconcilable camps. The issue we speak about here is health care. The obvious basic fact is that we need health care. Virtually all of us do or will at some point in our life. The only ones who do not are those whose life was cut so short. And even they will meet some form of health care if only at the end. There appears to be only two main ways of dealing with the problem of health care. The two main possibilities have become linked with the Republican and Democrat parties. These two options are generally referred to as the private and public health care options. The Republican position is that health care is a matter for the individual to solve, using the services provided by private enterprise. Democrats think health care is a problem society as a whole must resolve. The way they see it, health care is a problem that impacts all society, and so all of society ought to be engaged in its delivery. The acrimony and longevity of the debate suggests there is something we are missing. If either the Democrats or Republicans were a viable solution, the debate would not be as polarized or so devoid of any common ground. It would not have lasted as long as it has. Why is it so difficult to come to an agreement regarding something we all need and agree is basic to the well-being of the nation, never mind the individual? Republicans agree health care is vital but question why ought the government be the purveyor of health care. From their perspective the state is not just engaging in socialized medicine It is disrupting the market and disrupting the proper allocation of resources if I am paying for my own health care as a Republican. Must I also pay for my neighbors? If I must pay for socialized medicine and my own private care will I the taxpayer be forced to stop taking responsibility for my own health and sign on to the public model? Why cannot I be responsible for my own health care and my neighbor be responsible for his or her health care. Republicans prefer we each be responsible, not just for our own health care. We ought to be free to make our own choices as to what we will purchase, including the health care we buy and from whom we buy it. Republicans assume individuals can and ought to buy health care. Democrats note that the Republican argument is moot in many cases considering that many people cannot afford health care or health insurance. Democrats remind us people are faced with a choice of losing their homes or their life. Is this a choice people ought to have to face? Perhaps if everyone was middle class and had a high level of disposable income, the Democrats argument would not hold weight. The Republican arguments for health care sounds a bit like arguing everyone must save themselves when a ship capsizes, even those whose health, age or history prevents them from swimming. Democrats are of the opinion that is, it is disingenuous and misleading to argue health care is the sole responsibility of the individual, when it is obvious that many individuals cannot afford health care. Obviously, if people could afford health care privately, The argument for public health care would not exist. It is irrelevant to ask if health care ought to be a public sector obligation, when for many people it is the only health care option available to them. If the cost of protecting the sanctity of the public sector option means allowing people to die for want of basic care, Democrats say this is too high a price to pay. Both Republicans and Democrats relentlessly drive home their points without answering the points made by the other side. This is why the question as to which option is the right one has never been answered conclusively. An argument is not made by reiterating one's talking points. There is a need to demonstrate the alternatives are not as effective as their supporters say. Republicans are wrong. Health care is not the responsibility of the individual. It cannot be. The very idea is preposterous, in the sense that the conditions that make it necessary to get medical help are the conditions that make the ability to provide health care for oneself difficult and sometimes impossible. If one is deathly ill, one cannot work, and if the situation is chronic, it makes it all but impossible to pay for the care one needs. Therefore the only feasible way to provide health care is to plan ahead as contrasted with the pay-as-you-go approach which is really what the free market is all about. The plan ahead by buying insurance option against some unforeseeable future is not a sane approach economically speaking. Indeed insurance plans represent a kind of socialist medicine. If we have a population of 10,000 people all paying insurance premiums to cover health care costs and only 10% require serious prolonged care, then the other 90% are subsidizing the care of the few. Is this not what Democrats want? A pay-as-you-go system is not a rational approach to medical emergencies of the most severe sort. Does everyone keep $500,000 cash on hand in case of a medical emergency? A major plank in the Democrats' health care argument is that the pay-as-you-go option too often bankrupt families that were previously solvent. If socialized medicine is not wanted by Republicans, and insurance is based on the same principles as socialized medicine are, what is the issue? Pay-as-you-go is not a feasible option, so the Republican position is misleading. Therefore, let's look more closely at the Democrats option. What distinction is there between private insurance and socialized medicine? It seems the biggest issue is the imbalance between the level of contributions. It is true, the majority of insurance premiums are not redeemed by the one making the contribution. House insurance protects against fire. But the number of people making claims is very low compared to the number paying premiums. However, everyone is paying the same amount in comparison to the potential risk and payout. The problem for Republicans appears to be a refined sense of justice and fair play that believes there ought to be a direct relationship between what one pays and what one can expect in benefits. It is fine if everyone puts a dollar in the pot and some benefit more than others. If ten people chip in for a case of beer and two people drink more of the beer, than others, that is okay, so long as the opportunity to drink an equal amount exists, but when five people buy the case and twelve people drink, the inherent injustice is apparent. Interestingly, much of the debate over racism, sexism, identity politics, repartitions, white privilege, and so on, comes down to the same question. As to why those who want to drink did not feel obligated to add to the pot. Why must those who purchased the beer share with those who did not? The fundamental weakness in the Republican position is that it is not necessarily true that some choose not to contribute. Poverty is a real systemic problem in the U.S. While we can point to racism, sexism, and a multiplicity of other factors, as contributing to some not being able to provide for their own health care, it might be wise to start from the position no civilized nation can afford to let people die because they are unable to pay the going rate for health care. This being said, we have to quickly shut down the assumption Democrats will make that if people have a right to health care, society has a duty to provide it. Things are not that simple. Society is not a magic lamp with Genie. Your right to health care does not automatically translate into my obligation to provide it. The economy is not a zero-sum option, unless one is speaking about socialism. Socialism will always be faced with a fixed pie problem and the question of how to divide it. Even if I deserve health care, who is the person who will be assigned to pay for my care? And why will this person or group of persons be chosen to care for me? Socialism does not add benefits to society. It simply takes one benefit and transforms it into a different sort of benefit for someone else. Democrats' health care solutions tend to mitigate one problem by reducing the benefits others would have had. There has to be a better solution to the health care problem than deciding which harm is the more acceptable one? Let's face it, if we divide income using a competitive process, we will end up with inequality. And if we have inequality, we cannot possibly have equality of outcome. Yet this is what Democrats and Republicans are trying to achieve. But ask yourself, how are people to have equal opportunity health care in a system in which the access to health care has been delivered in an unequal way in the form of assets. If we assume poverty is okay, then on what basis are we to say the impacts poverty has on people are not? If a person is poor, of course he or she cannot afford adequate health care. That is what poverty is. If they could afford health care, they would not be poor. Logically, it seems that if we start from the point that poverty is okay, or a situation we have to accept, then solving the issue of health care is not possible, not in a way that is based on consensus. If we eliminate poverty, then by definition, the health care issues no longer exists. The church is not a liberal organization, and in fact, it is diametrically opposed to the premises of liberalism. We do not think liberty is the highest goal of man, nor that might makes right, is a sufficient foundation on which to base property rights. We can view the Republican position as one that supports private property rights, but ownership is viewed as the right to exercise personal freedom. Socialists, on the other hand, reject the private property rights argument and instead believe that might makes right when discussing political power. The conflict seems to be more about whose power gives the most rights Does political power give the state the right to allocate wealth as it deems necessary? The Democrat option. Or does personal property ownership give the owners the right to reject the state's claims on private property? The basic Republican position. The Church, however, does not believe mankind owns any of the natural world because we did not create any of the natural world. Ownership is based on creation. We own only what we create, and we cannot claim what someone else has created. The roots of poverty reside in the theft of the natural world from its creator, and by extension from those to whom it was given, the followers of God. We own what we create, we have no right to what others have created. If we follow this single dictum, poverty would not exist, because the foundation of wealth would not be removed from the hands of those who create or would potentially create the wealth that would enable people to provide their own health care. All wealth is produced by specialization, and all specialization adds value to something that already exists. We do not create wealth out of nothing, we add value to something that exists this is the only way to create wealth. We can have ideas that are our own but until they are manifested in the economy as a good or service they have no value. The most brilliant idea is made worthless by blocking the innovators access to the gifts of God, that is the natural world. The church rejects the private ownership of the means of production because the means of production are based on and embedded in the natural world created by God. We all own what we need for personal use, but private capital is a different category of ownership. It is the church that acts as a steward of what belongs to God. Each local church is steward over the resources in its locality. When we add value to what God created, we do not own the asset modified or improved. We own only the value created by us, our portion of the creation, the value added. Thus, the church pays us for the value we create. If we work for an hour and improve the community that the church represents, then we have added value or equity to the church or to the assets under the stewardship of the church. We are credited in that case for the work we do or have done. Each occupation is represented as a mission of the church. A baker bakes bread for the baker's mission and adds value to the mission and by extension adds value to the church. She is paid For the value added by the baking. The member is represented by an account in the church. Credits are paid to the account. The unit of account is based on the issue of preferred shares by the church. Preferred shares represents the equity in the mission. Workers are paid for the labor, they do, in preferred shares. When used as a currency, preferred shares are referred to as prefers. The present church model suffers under the handicap of the Constantinian version that we are all familiar with. Though we know a building is not a church and adding bums to pews is not what is meant when we talk about building the church. The church that we know is then not the real church that God designed. The church of the Bible is built by building up the people of God as the church as a community of the people of God. To do this, the community becomes the church, and the church the community of Christians who work together to build up the body of Christ. We do works in faith to build up the body. We do this by adding value to the things of God, the natural world, using the gifts of God our specialities and our skills. The church serves as a trustee for the things of God. This is the people of God as a corporate body taking responsibility for a particular political jurisdiction. In this instance, a local community. The community is composed of businesses and occupations. These businesses and occupations are classified as missions and are assigned the task of building the church qua community using their specialities. Building the church is done through creating value for the community using the specializations of the individual economic sectors. These are works done in faith as the work to build up the church, not individual investors or capitalists, nor the state or other public body. Building the church builds up the body. The commercial interests are owned by the church. The missions are departments of the church. In a fully functional church there are business sectors such as the transportation, construction, and educational sectors as well as the health care sector. Each sector contains members who specialize in a particular class of occupation. Each individual of each sector is paid for the labor they do. If a new school or hospital is needed, the construction sector is given the resources to build this, and the church pays the workers for the work they do using preferred shares issued by the church. All construction and all purchases are done by the transfer of resources to the buyer and an issue of preferred shares issued as prefers transferred to the account of the seller. The laborer sells his labor and the construction sector buys materials to build what is purchased by the buyer, who may be the educational sector or healthcare sector or some other sector. If a member needs health care, he goes to the health sector and gets the care he or she needs. The church pays the doctors, nurses, and others for the work they do. There is never any risk involved. The cost of the care goes onto the account of the patient as a debit. As purchases are made, debits increase. As value is created for the people of God, the credit column is increased. All of these debits and credits in the Church cancel each other out, and the balance always tends toward zero. The debit of one member is the credit of another, as the credit of one is the debit of another. In this way, health care is easily provided to all who need it, without insurance and without taxation or bureaucratic oversight or the need for a large bundle of cash available to the buyer. Needless to say, in the church of God all persons are found work consistent with their abilities. Unemployment is zero. What is more, the church is able to pay all those who create value for the members of the church. Even students and housekeepers are paid for the value they create. The church is not only able to ensure everyone gets health care as needed. It is able to provide all forms of social goods without the state and without globalization. Simply because everyone has a specialization geared to their particular abilities and interests. If everybody works, everybody can afford health care. It's that simple. Thank you.